So many people, they know Robert Downey Jr., but they don't know Robert Downey Sr. He's a talented underground filmmaker named Robert Downey. Have you seen any of Grandpa's movies? No, why? Because they're awesome. Do you want to see them someday? Do people try to ascribe meaning to your movies? Oh, my God. I hope not. <laughs> Boy, same, same! Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, and I'm Brian Brushwood Senior. Wait, do I get to say senior? Mm. I don't know. Uh, we go now live. If you have to our... a junior, <laughs> yeah, you don't have a junior. Well, I mean, yet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Although, that's what that, yeah. that's what it matters. Uh, I, I like to think we're all born seniors. We just age into it. Brian uh, Brushwood, potential senior, so baby senior, <laughs> baby senior. Uh, so that was a trailer for the upcoming Netflix documentary, Senior Sr. Dot is how they're spelling it. It's about the life of Robert Downey Senior, father to Robert Downey Jr. Uh, it is directed by American Movie and Netflix's Fire Festival documentarian Chris Smith. It is streaming on Netflix December second. It's called Senior. It, uh, Looks interesting. I don't know if it's going to be in all black and white like that trailer is, but uh, sounds like there's a good history to learn about Downey Senior. Yeah, I, I, will not... it uh, will it take factual information and exaggerate it for effect? I certainly hope so. Well, I don't know. I just did the inverse. <laughs> like, so see like what the I did? Fire I, Festival I, I, I played, oh, 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 yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> um, is it part of a series of Junior documentaries? Will we be getting Chris yeah, Elliott what, Senior? What's the soon? Hulu version of this? Uh, <laughs> it's just called Downey. It's Downey. I'm sure that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just Downey. Sponsored by the, the oh. detergent company. <laughs> Downey's. Ah, it's a soft documentary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's enough. This looks like a really good documentary. They, they, they really, I'm sorry really, I made fun really, of it. Uh, come on. All right, Brian. Yeah. Uh, something, something whitewashing. Oh, come on. Uh, you right, right, ready? Okay, right, move on to the primary, primary target. Targets. Primary target. That's what you meant to say. The Wall Street Journal's sources say that Netflix has been in discussions to gain live sports streaming deals. Supposedly, it was in some discussions to get the rights for several tennis tours as well in talks to buy the World Surf League. You want to get the rights to stream a sports league? You could just buy it. Uh, none of those have turned into a deal yet. A source told Deadline, quote, sports is the baseline now. We all know it, and finding the right properties, the right leagues, is a priority. But it is always a question of the right league, the right deal. Uh, as a reminder, Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos said on the April earnings call, we talked about it on Cord Killers, that he wouldn't rule out further investment in sports, but that Netflix would, quote, have to see a path to growing a big revenue stream and a big profit stream with it. Back then, they didn't do advertising, which is usually how you make a lot of money on sports streaming. Uh, Brian, now that they do advertising, I don't know. What are you thinking? Well, uh, you, you do make a lot of money that way. You also make a lot of money on, um, uh, oh goodness. What's the term called when you subscribe to cable and ESPN ends up getting your, is it carriage fees? Is that what it is? 
Oh yeah, no, you can, you could, if you were Netflix, you could like say, well, it's Netflix plus the NFL and you pay an extra amount for it. So yeah, it's similar to a carriage fee, but I get what you're, I get what you're after. Right. Well, so this uh, strikes me in two ways. First of all, uh, Netflix is not a brand that I tightly associate with sports. So uh, certainly moving into live space is good. However, the giant glaring story about sports that I know about is our own Bryce Castillo's relationship with, they did that F1 documentary documentary original oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden like i it made me wish that they could get their fingers into the international rights of f1 <laughs> to carry that live which so, which it, would be it, tough yeah t t tell me about that journey bryce because what i'm thinking sure. is in real estate you want to buy on the fringes of town i mean and then and then make it a really nice area uh, we're gonna yeah. avoid terminology for this uh <laughs> and then, and then okay. people want to buy it and it's worth more there, there's gonna be a lot of competition for these f1 rights uh abc espn just picked up the rights for to to copy the sky the uk uh coverage of f1 for the next couple of years so to speak yeah, yeah to, okay. to, and that's what you see when you're watching espn live mm -hmm. it's why you see all the sky graphics when they're when they're doing it there uh they've locked that up for the next couple of years and it looks like with rumblings that espn might be looking into original editorial uh alongside f1 which is 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 this is all signs on the win um but it's it's interesting that this report mentions t a tennis and surfing because uh, uh the company that produces that net that f1 show drive to survive they're called uh, box to box films i believe and they just so happen to be covering a uh, surfing league and i believe that they have a tennis show in the mix mm -hmm. also i think that surfing show at least was originally credited to going to go to apple tv plus so uh, there's probably space here for Netflix to do a run around and, and grab that if the stories are good. Maybe maybe Netflix has a has an, an inside look at what those stories that they've got in those shows are. And if a similar thing with F1 can happen with with surfing or tennis, where there's not a lot of big streaming behemoths out there well and and tom uh we, we've seen this before uh two uh, one sports like entertainment package with uh wrestling we saw that wrestling kind of was not a thing until you were able to get bandwidth and then have it show up instead of saturday night live sometimes uh then all of a sudden it became a very very big thing and uh, we've also seen it um with the emergence of uh i think of the world series of poker which when i was a kid poker was not a thing it was a thing old people played and then all of a sudden it was the hottest thing on you know, sports television because somebody made it a thing. Do do you think that that's Netflix's play? And if so, uh, are we are we smelling sports sports on the wind with those sides? I, I, <laughs> I I feel like it seems like that's where they're going to and to to borrow your real estate analogy, uh, Amazon and Apple and probably Google, as well as the traditional NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, uh, they all want to buy downtown property, really expensive downtown property with skyscrapers that they can rent out for lots of money. Uh, and that's the NFL. That's Major League Baseball. That's the NBA. Uh, and to a lesser extent, NHL, et cetera. Um, I think what Netflix is looking at is you make it, this is why I brought up the advertising earlier, is you you bring NFL onto Amazon because you know I'll probably get a few extra subscribers and make some money that way, but I will also, the more people watch it, the more money I'll make off of advertising. 
Apple does the same thing. They have Major League Baseball. It's not behind the paywall for Apple TV+. Plus. It'll probably convince a few people like, maybe I should try that Apple TV+. Plus. But the more people who watch the baseball games, the more advertising Apple sells, the more money they make. Netflix up till now only had to calculate this based on, well, how many subscribers is it going to bring in? And the bad news for Netflix is they had almost all the subscribers anyway. So if they got a popular sport, it might increase their subscribers some, but probably not the delta that they wanted. So having advertising allows them to consider another way of doing it. And then I wonder, well, would Netflix ever just stream sports outside the paywall like Apple is doing? Seems unlikely, in which case, would, then that brings me to your arena, which is instead of going after the big money sports, they want to go after a sport that's underserved that they can build into the World Series of Poker, into uh, something where they're like, not only are, are we in full control of it, but you can only get all of it here. We're not sharing it with another platform. Uh, let's build World Surfing League up would have been the idea uh, to be something that people love. Uh, and we are the only place that you can get it. Uh, it's not a bad bet. I've, I've watched a lot of the WSL when I've been in Hawaii and, and people really, you know, get into it, but it's, but it's fairly niche. They, they would need to use their megaphone to get people interested in it. Uh, you know what, uh, whistle 034 in the chat, just kind of threw it out there as a suggestion, but I kind of love the idea of the world series of pickleball because yep. it's a, it's a fairly new on the rise sport. And, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, hometown hero, David Comey of, uh, the attorney that rocks fame, uh, with the billboards here in Austin, uh, gossip we heard was that he's, you know, getting less entrenched in doing attorney stuff and more in joining the senior tour of pickleball. And, and <laughs> I, like, that's, think of, you, you want to look for stories, look for right. people over 50 who have decided to drop their professional lives to go chase pickleball or people who, you know, pickleball goes from nothing. I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's, if you're, if you, if you're dismissing this, uh, like I did a few years ago when I first started to hear this as like pickleball, that's the thing I played in early PE in high school back in the eighties. What the, what the heck? Then I was in Las Vegas, uh, four years ago and I saw the pickleball tournament gift shop which included like pro level pickleball paddles and signed things from people in the tour. And I'm like, Oh, this is turning into a thing. And it's only gotten bigger since then. So that, that is a, a good call. Uh, whistle. Oh, 34. I think one of the other things I could see them doing is saying there's a niche sport and this goes to lawn makes said curling, right? There's a niche sport that's very popular in its home market. Uh, but we could make it global. So that that could be another way I see them going is finding something uh, like uh, Gaelic football, perhaps, uh, or Irish uh, Irish hurling, uh, or something like that, where they they go in and they can outbid for the rights in the local market easily and lock it up, and then try to turn it into a global phenomena as well. Uh, okay, now now you've engaged my creative brain, and I'm thinking to myself, um, a lot of sports have logistical problems. For example, a logistical problem of surfing is that the crowd shots you can get are all going to be essentially in a line. It's hard to see. Waves might not cooperate, weather, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's also, uh, if, if you want to think about uh, hurling or something, yeah, then you have kind of an interesting four-quadrant 
problem where it's like young, old, male, female. How does that skew? Do you hit all of these storytelling beats? Um, part, of, part of what I suspect made F1 so great for this reality series is that there's teams, there's drama, there's high pressure, there's stakes. Um, some kind of double, I don't know, doubles pickleball, uh, young, old, male, female. I, I think I, I, I think we cracked it. I mean, any any sport Netflix can turn into you care about by doing a drive to survive, right? Right. That's really all sports is, is enjoying the random number generator because you have a number you care about. Uh, and, and the number, of course, is a projection of success or failure uh, of the hopes and dreams based on the stories that right. you map onto it. You know, like uh, I went from not caring at all about the Astros to kind of hoping they'll win the thingy. Uh, and, and that's what Netflix can do is put something in front of you that's like uh, what you don't understand about hurling slash pickleball slash, you know, other sport uh, somewhere that I don't know about is the amazing stories behind it. And now you can not only get we can make you interested in those stories using the same playbook we got people interested in Drive to Survive with, but also deliver you uh, the sports. The other thing that people may not be can be uh, people out there may be saying, oh, hold on. Netflix doesn't do live. Well, they are. Uh, Netflix hasn't done live, but they just announced that Chris Rock's next Netflix comedy special will be streamed live sometime next year. And then, of course, it'll be available on demand like all their comedy specials after that. But the initial one will be streamed live. And of course, Chris Rock has said, uh, I won't talk about the slap. Uh, uh, until I'm on my Netflix special and people just assumed, oh, he'll talk about it when he records it. Well, now it's an event because you're going to be able to watch him talk about it for the first time. This is, if we can extend the real estate analogy, this is the equivalent of, you know, you're shopping for properties on the edge of town, all the while sitting on, you know, four blocks downtown. Like Netflix owns comedy specials because they empowered the comedians to make money, to have creative control, they're cheap to produce. Uh, everybody knows that they can have the spotlight in comedy for, for you know, however long and possibly forever, depending on how good the special is. If they, if this lands with the colossal, uh, I don't know, if this is the 20 megaton exp explosion I expect it to be, then all of a sudden Netflix becomes your local comedy venue. Now, a lot of comedy venues won't love this, but this is your stadium comedy place where everybody goes to see what's going to happen. There's going to be electric surprises. You're dealing with polished, uh, battle-hardened, on-the-road talent who hopefully know how to tell and craft incredible stories. But uh, I, I, well, is this the beginning of a wave, Tom, or is this uh, the start of It's risky because we all know that many, many tech companies who didn't know how to do live streaming tried to do live streaming and flopped in their first uh, way out. Uh, it won't kill Netflix, but it could potentially be embarrassing if they don't over-provision capacity for this thing and people are complaining about the fact that they can't get it. However, let's assume for the moment that they, they are going to be smarter than the other companies who have done this in the past and make sure that this works. This is super smart because you're going to get boffo numbers for this and then be able to go to that next deal with the sport you want to acquire and go, look what we do when we live stream. Look, 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 look at what we're able to reach around the world. Nobody else has this reach around the world the way we do. Uh, and, and 
that that's not even that's before I even get to your whole point, Brian, of like, yeah, plus they have all the comedians locked up and can just do this again and again and again. It's super smart. Uh, here's a tech question. And if you don't know the answer off the top of your head, Tom, I'm sure somebody out there, cordkillers at gmail.com might know it. But a while back, we were talking about how in order to conserve bandwidth, because internet providers were upset that Netflix was so popular, they set up all those little Netflix stations, those little servers all over the place. Um, those are still out there. There was a fascinating teardown that I saw. I want to say it was a Reddit thread. I'm not sure. But um, given that those are out there, is that the kind of equipment that can be retrofitted, retrofitted to help support that, that infrastructure that you were talking about? Uh, there are better people to answer that. Uh, and, uh, I hope that Andy will cord <laughs> uh, However, uh, from what I know, I don't know. That's the best way to do it. Uh, this, the sense I get is just make sure that you have enough servers at data centers available, uh, at, and enough places, just make sure your capacity is there. It's not hard to stream something it's hard to accommodate all the people who want to stream it at once. Uh, and from, from what I've read and from, from who I've talked to, uh, the problem is rarely the technology. The problem is the budget. The problem is they're like, well, we'll probably get a million concurrent. So let's uh, go for a million concurrent. And then they get a million and one and the whole thing collapses right? Uh, to and, oversimplify and it. That's before and what you, you even want get to, do, the, to the story as it unfolds and the polish and everything. You want to over budget by a lot. That way, no matter how many more you get, you know, you want to say like, we're going to, we think we'll get a million concurrent. Let's budget 10 million. And then the CFO goes, that's expensive to budget for that. I, I can't approve that. You know, like, well, if you want to be safe, that's what you got to do. And then there's an interplay in there. So not only expensive, but it's also in the long run, relatively inefficient, right? You have to bear down for one and a half or two hours to handle everybody in the planet and then everyone else just trickles yep. in. It's a huge yeah, expense yeah. to get that capacity. I'm not surprised Netflix hasn't done live yet. Um, maybe it's just gotten that much cheaper or efficient. You, you know, it'd be clever. Or maybe they just, they're going to contract with the right people like BAMTech or whatever and or, make it happen. Uh, and hear me out here. Just give me 30 seconds to follow this thread. What if they were to partner with somebody like Starlink, uh, a satellite-based internet company? And what they could do is rather than uploading and then redistributing one by one by one, they just shot a signal and bounced it off of a satellite um, and everybody received the downstream simultaneously. Uh, you know what? You wouldn't even have to make it digital now that I think about it. Mm. You can make it totally yeah. analog. It could go. Oh God, this is, the moon, this is the moon idea. No, Tom, don't let it. This is the moon oh, idea. No, no, no. This I, is no, projected no, no, on no, the moon. Just, I'm describing broadcast <laughs> television is what uh, I'm describing. Exactly. Yeah. Although the moon, hold on. Uh, that's an even better idea. <laughs> oh, look at that. It is time to tell people how we can fund these ideas of Brian's at patreon.com slash cord That's right. We have just under 1,000 beautiful bosses and we want more. 700, what, 65 or 95? 65. 765 is not nearly enough bosses to boss us around, yes, to send us notes, to give us progress reports, quarterly updates, to hit us up at cordkillers at gmail.com. Kick in just a buck an episode. That's all we ask for. You get your own RSS feed. You get early access to all of the rest of our programming. This is only one of two and a half hours that we do every Monday night. Hit us up over at patreon.com slash cord killers. Become a boss. Let's talk about how to watch. So 
In the world of streaming, it's been unclear what happens to local TV stations. There are a few people who care about this. Uh, the people who work at local TV stations, for interest. <laughs> right, Both of them. Are, for instance, they're, they're a very large majority of the people who care about what this happens. But uh, there are also people who rely on the local station for news, especially for local news. Uh, and if you subscribe to Peacock, but you don't get your NBC station, well, then you got to figure out another way to get your NBC station. A lot of times you can do that in another app that the local station provides, but that can be confusing. And Peacock has solved that. Peacock Premium Plus subscribers will soon get 24-7 access to their local NBC affiliate station. This is going to happen on November 30th and includes all 210 NBC affiliates in the U.S., uh, it joins Paramount Plus, which also features local CBS stations in the Paramount Plus service. Uh, so, Brian, it looks like the natural advantage of saying not only are we a nationwide network bringing you nationwide programming, uh, but also affiliated with your local folks to bring you your local news is an advantage for Paramount Plus Peacock and Hulu, which is affiliated with ABC, uh, to be able to say uh, you can get your local station from us. It definitely is an argument settler, right? Where if somebody's uh, used to their routine and they like their local news or whatever, and their kids are telling them, let, let's say where my parents were 10 years ago, right? Where I'm trying to talk them into streaming everything to some kind of set top device. But I could understand if my mom were to say, no, 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 I like these two local news anchors. Now, all of a sudden that excuse is gone. I, I'd be curious how much more opportunity this offers uh, or because now all of a sudden, let's say, let's say you wanted to totally simulate the way TV was when you were a kid, just by watching three channels live all the time. You, you now you have three different subscriptions, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I don't know how it's, much this buys. A I mean, what, what this, look, in reality, everyone's going to complain about this, I'm sure, because that's what the internet does. Right. Uh, but, uh, if you look at it as a la carte, this is complete a la carte, right? If during cables rain when you were, you know, paying that one big fee and you didn't get to choose, you could choose, you would have chosen NBC and then wanted to get your local news and, and, and all of that as part of that channel, right? You wouldn't want them to say, oh, you've chosen NBC. Here's the primetime programming. What Peacock, what the position is for Peacock and Paramount Plus here is you are not only getting NBC you're getting all of the NBC related stuff, Bravo, USA, et cetera. And you're also getting your local news. It's all complete. And, and so now there is a one-to-one -one comparison of uh, you can choose which of these channels you want and, and you won't be giving up anything. You won't be saying like, oh, but unlike cable, I'm not going to get my local news. It's all there. Uh, and, and I think that that does a couple of things. It actually solves a bunch of legal stuff on the back end between affiliates, you know, and the affiliate agreements. It makes it easier for them to carry some things on, on Peacock that they wouldn't have been able to carry otherwise because of the agreements, et cetera, et cetera. But it also uh, allows them to overcome a few obstacles to subscription that people have out there of like, oh, that local meteorologist that I love so much is on there too. Well, okay, I guess I will sign up. I hadn't considered the fact that it's the back end. It's behind the curtain that the real work is being done to please all of the affiliates. Now they're going to get a taste. So if anything, this may 
in theory, I'm making up numbers, we have no information here, but I could, I could imagine and speculate wildly that this would on paper be a money loser to take on the additional expense, but to keep everybody settled and happy might be a, a, a good decision to make. Um, the, uh, so uh, the, the, the key word I heard just now, Tom, was choose, which seven years ago, I think was our favorite word. We wanted to be able to choose everything that we consumed however we want. And then we kind of got that in this increased balkanization of individual subscriptions. And now I find myself recessing back into, I don't like choosing. I like, I like stuff I want happening without me having to choose. Um, uh, is, is, it, is this possibly a case of the exact perfect right decision happening but just a little bit later than when it was really needed most. Yeah, probably. It probably is. You're, you're, you're probably right about that. Uh, you don't, you still don't see ABC on Hulu unless you pay for Hulu live, right? Uh, you, you still don't see Fox channels on Tubi, which is the closest equivalent Fox has, uh, to, to Peacock or, or Paramount plus. So we're not there yet. Uh, I do think the choice is going to start going away. Uh, and that's why we talked about the Deadpool and the fact that, you know, we've reached the peak of launching new services. Now the services are starting to close up. Uh, so, so that will get better. And, and this being there is in time for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think Paramount plus probably was, was the only one that really timed this right, uh, to be like, yeah, from the get go, pretty much, uh, when we launched CBS all access, it wasn't very long after that we added the local affiliates. Uh, and I guess Peacock hasn't been around for all that long. So maybe, maybe this is uh, to be expected as well, but, but yeah, it, it, it isn't there for everybody yet. So it, it's, it's still, we still got a ways to go before this all finishes shaking out. Well, and meanwhile, live in the chat, Coopman36 popped in saying a great workaround for not getting my NBC on the HD antenna. We forget that there are people who still have an affinity for the broadcast medium. Uh, I mean, that all of a sudden this does become a slam dunk where it's like, yeah, finally, yeah. you get all the things. If you if you can't get over the air broadcast, this is a, a potential solution for that. Which we've we've had all those areas and things that tried to solve that. Uh, so this is a potential solution for that. And even if you do have an HD antenna, you can't get Bravo. You can't get USA Network. There's a lot of stuff on Peacock that some people are going to say, "Huh, you know what?" But I do want that, and I. I only want that. And I don't want to pay for full cable because that is more expensive. Uh, and now that it has my local channel too, then I don't have to mess with the antenna. I mean, I could do the antenna and I've done the antenna, but some people don't want to deal with it because it's a separate thing. So, so yeah, it's, a, it's just a matter of, of letting you configure it the way you want. All right. Let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. I mean, I'm, I'm really waiting for them to announce a Star Wars movie is legitimately coming and show us a trailer. But here's another uh, report. Uh, according to Deadline, Deadpool 3 director Sean Levy is in talks to direct a Star Wars movie. Uh, he also directed several episodes of Stranger Things, as well as the movie Free Guy. So, so there's some things that folks like in there. Right? Uh, uh, Tom... In as yes, few, in, in one sentence, what, what do you want mm -hmm. the next Star Wars movie to come out to be? 
like funny or or uh, about the <laughs> uh, skywalkers yet again or no i'll, I'll be honest good I, I i originally said that to to be a smart aleck but um no i if it's funny and good great if it's like andor and it's like a, a beautiful ad, ad adventure uh pick great uh i i don't need it to be a genre or a subgenre uh, I just need it to be interesting and good. And if hiring Sean Levy does that because he's got Stranger Things chops and Free Guy was really interesting and fun and I enjoyed it, then great. You know, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm past needing a particular kind of thing. I guess I would say, and I know I've gone well past the one sentence you put me up, but I will say I don't need more more Skywalker saga. We're, we're, we're good there. Yeah. And, uh, I, I agree. I, I, of course I want it to be good, but if I'm looking at the fast food men, menu, boy, am I, I've had a lot of Skywalker. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Um, personally, I wouldn't mind a, a, a release the Lord and Miller cut of, of solo, get a time machine, finish shooting on that. Uh, if, if they want to be funny in the star Wars universe, I, I think I could be totally here for it, especially in the hands of, uh, somebody with the background in comedy. Yeah. Give these directors like Taika Waititi, like Sean Levy, uh, whoever else is really doing one, uh, give them the freedom to make the kind of movie they make, but the limits to force them to live within, you know, a good restriction that, that causes them to be, uh, creative in, in a way that, that we like rather than just permission to everything and it becomes a it becomes too much does that make sense yep 100 all right uh netflix launched a trivia game called trivia verse that is meant to be played with your television remote so this is not we've been looking at netflix going like it's all been mobile but it sounds like they don't want to do just mobile they might want to do pc and other stuff uh this is an interesting one because it's also not an interactive story which is the other thing they've done uh, players answer as many questions as possible within a limited time period, but you're playing with your remote. Your score is ranked against other players, so you're playing in real time, and you can earn badges and things like that. Or you can choose a two-player mode and go head-to-head -head against somebody else in the same room as you. Uh, this is brilliant. It's what they should have started with. I'm glad that they got here. It reminds me in some ways of, uh, I think it was Jellyvision was the name of the company that created You Don't Know Jack back in the 90s. And then after the CD-ROM favorite uh, ceased to be, <laughs> CD-ROM ceased to be a thing, it became a Flash-based over-the-internet uh, trivia stream. And now, uh, I mean, this is some things are old as time. We talked about proven sports that will always work. You just need to figure out how to scale them up. This is local pub trivia writ large, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this is not the strategy, but it certainly shows that they are not limiting themselves in their gaming strategy uh, and, and, and thinking in lots of different ways. That's interesting. Uh, finally, Disney will air the first two episodes of Andor on ABC Wednesday, November 23rd. Then they will air them on FX Thursday, November 24th and on the cable channel Freeform Friday, November 25th. Each one of those nights, they will air between 9 and 10.30 p.m. It will also make those first two episodes available on Hulu for the period of November 23rd through December 7th. A lot of people have it in a bundle, so they get it at Disney Plus already, but there are Hulu subscribers that don't have Disney Plus. Uh, and that, of course, all is coming right as the Andor finale streams on Disney Plus November 23rd. 
Dude, I got so excited when I read this headline because I thought to myself, what a perfect move for an emerging streaming service to make. It's, it's bold. Imagine there's a special. Everyone gathers around the television for ABC. Oh, my God, I'm thinking of the 90s. <laughs> like, this is, you want to talk about the perfect solution, seven years too late. Try 17 years too late. Uh, I think this is a very, very good idea that will have a minimal impact. I think word of mouth is going to do a lot more to build up buzz around the finale of Andor than this special will. However, I love Andor, and I'm glad they're doing it, and whatever gets even uh, uh, one more eyeball uh, on it. That's You don't even have to give it your full attention. Just half look at it. Just, yeah, just uh, pop an eye out and... and <laughs> just set it in Andor. front of set it in front of the retinal scanning technology that set Nielsen is. It. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I think this is interesting. Uh, we're seeing the shift in primacy. We've we've talked about the Nielsen ratings showing uh, streaming hours surpassing cable, surpassing broadcast, uh, and we we've seen this before. We we saw CBS put some of the Star Trek Star Trek Discovery for sure. I think they did it with some of their other Star Trek properties where they put one or two episodes on broadcast uh, to try to get everybody over to the streaming service. Uh, we're, we're seeing broadcast now be becoming a way in uh, rather than, than the proving ground. Uh, uh, so you, so you can bring your Andor as a way to increase streaming subscriptions. Open Bayou also has a great idea. Like if you have a family member that doesn't do streaming or doesn't have Disney or what have you, you're going to be there for Thanksgiving and you're going to yep. know when this is happening and you're going to think maybe I'll just kind of turn on a little bit of Andor and then they'll walk in and be like, what is this? You're like, Oh, it's just a little star Wars thing called Andor. And then before you know it, they're hooked on crack. You're making money hand over fist. That I could absolutely see happening with my father-in-law because it is quite typical on, on family holidays like that, that, you know, long after the ceremonies and the food is over, uh, we're flipping around the TV, watching old episodes of star Trek, the next generation on cable, uh, and, and yeah, I could see us going like, oh yeah, let's watch this Andor episode again. And then he gets sucked into it. How do I get this again? What do I need? Well, and, um, and, and of yeah. course that's one of the secrets of Andor is that it's just a classic spy drama that happens to be set yeah. in, in the end or totally. in the Star Wars universe. All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Uh, what have you been watching? I assume Andor is uh, one well, of those I, I, I certainly took a peek at it, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about was what, four, five, six hours off and on of, of, of live stream, nonstop election coverage, something magical happened. Justin Robert Young hosted an all-star politics panel, and we covered the election. And it was amazing because everybody in the room, we had every stripe of the political spectrum represented on the most highly divisive night of, of um, American politics. And everybody had a blast. We got to use so many of the resources here at the studio. We had a thousand concurrence nonstop the entire time. As soon as we're done, we're all exhausted, high-fiving. Justin Robert Young immediately goes home, hops on British television to be a pundit where, where they fawn over his podcast set. It was a remarkable stream. I don't know that anybody loves reliving election nights, but if you do, check out the VOD on twitch.tv slash nightattack. Or no, 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 politics. Justin uh, R. Young. Sorry, Justin R. Young, yeah. This is a channel. I forgot yeah, we yeah. ran on his channel. Uh, 2008, uh, I, you know, and before, uh, on an election night, even a midterm election night like this one, uh, I would have plopped down and been flipping around CNN, ABC, NBC, give me it all. Uh, last couple of elections, 
it's been more like, you know what? I'll turn on CNN so that I, I can get uh, John King, uh, you know, telling me in, in very calm tones, you know, what, what's actually happening. Uh, and this year I was like, man, I can't even do CNN anymore. I just, I just can't I, because they, they've, they've all just gone to like bickering for fun and it's not fun for me. So I only watched Justin's coverage for the midterm elections and then used my phone to, to look at the actual uh, results. And what I got was Jen Briney saying something that sounded incredibly progressive and leaning toward the Democrats. And then Andrew Heaton countering that was something that sounded like maybe it was leaning a little more conservative. And then Justin bringing in a kind of a balanced perspective of like, well, this is how politics works and this is what we got to look for. And then Brian kind of throwing his libertarian hand grenades from over in the corner and all of them going like, yeah, those are, those are really good points. No, I understand. I disagree with you, but I understand. And it's exactly what I wanted. I wanted all the perspectives and none of the hating each other. Uh, and it was, it was wonderful. It was, it was all, all the election coverage I needed. It, it, yeah, it was, it was a very special night. And I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for Justin and it's, it's quality insight and entertainment. Yeah. What and about you? Wait, belongs. So, Sometimes I just want to say, sometimes we might, you know, sneak something into eyes on because it's like, ah, it's, it's our friend or we have a special place. This is belongs in eyes on. This is legitimately worth the, the coverage. And it's only sad that you're going to have to wait two years uh, to get another major. Election oh, I don't for, know for about that. There was some discussions. It seems like there's a you know, debate reactions that could be had and other things. What if. What oh, if, sure. No, I'm just saying for, for the big election night extravaganza, obviously. But yeah, yeah. Keep keep your eye keep your eyes out. There, there might be some tidbits in between. Uh, I watched all of The Crown this weekend. Uh, and uh, this is the one that covers the divorce of uh, Charles and Diana. Uh, it covers what, what uh, English uh, history or royal family buffs know as the Ennis Horribilis. Uh, where Fergie and and uh, she their marriage fell apart. There was even some rumblings about the Queen and Prince Philip and uh, Windsor Castle burned and all of this stuff. Uh, it was interesting. It's still very good. Uh, some folks who are sympathetic to the royal family, like Dame Judi Gench, have have criticized it as as being unnecessary uh, or or even hostile. Uh, I found it to be rather sympathetic to the royal family and and doing what the crown does well, which is maybe not tell history because it's a fictional program, but give you plausible explanations for what a human would think that would lead them to do these things in these situations rather than setting them up as as sort of, you know, mythological characters. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I, I could see where anybody might think that or do that in that situation. Uh, the, uh, the 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 only thing that I found disappointing about the crown is probably because of my age is that I didn't have that sense of seeing history, uh, played out on a stage play. Like I did the first season that took place in like the fifties. Uh, this was all stuff that I watched in real time. There was not a piece of this that I didn't already remember like, Oh yeah, I remember seeing that on the news. I remember hearing about that. And so it did feel a little less special, a uh, little, little less dramatic in that way. Yeah, and I suppose the parts that you want to watch is like, why are you showing me the parts I've seen before? Show me, show me what the queen's doing behind those closed doors. And of course, they 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 can't necessarily. Yeah, well, you know, or if they do, they just have to speculate. 
Um, but yeah, open I, I the doors. Was... Open the doors. <laughs> open the doors. <laughs> I I thought it was it was well done and and wasn't trying to make them look like monsters, which they could have, and it would have been very entertaining, I'm sure. Uh, but tried to show like, oh, well, this is what a very busy person who's having a horrible time uh, would do. This is what a woman who is thrust into a position that she never should have been in and was in a one-sided uh, relationship that the other person didn't want, this is how she would react. So I thought it was good. Um, yeah, Fergie, Sarah Ferguson, right? That was that was her name? Uh, one of the princesses, yeah. There was a princess. Yeah, Diana she was the princess, the princess that divorced. And then there's Am- Apple to App Andrew? and Will I Am. And- no, am oh, right. <laughs> Different Fergie. Oh, okay. This this Fergie predated that Fergie. Sarah, the Duchess of York. Uh, was is, she is also Fergalicious? Prefers that. I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, she was not. Oh, hey, well now that now there you go. That is a that is a major difference between those two Fergie. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, we had a pick from Matt with a weird film recommendation. Matt writes, I was utterly delighted by Weird, the Al Yankovic story. I watched it last night with my son, and it was hilarious, self-referential, and actually really well done. Lots of cameos and parodies of a wide variety of genres. If you're even a slight Weird Al fan, you should love this. Watch it with someone else who's a fan, and it's even more fun. And stay all the way till the very, very end until you see the Roku logo. The Roku ads were annoying because I'm not used to them, but they were not too numerous 4.9 out of 5 weirdly shaped stars is what matt gives saying uh i will probably watch this one again with uh within the next month matt thank you matt uh weird is streaming now for free on the roku channel uh, it's on the website it's an app uh it's free it's got ads uh have any have either of you seen this yet i have I, not watched I, this yet i know i pledged no, i wanted to watch to it I... yeah Wow. Well, same thing. Like I, I need to watch it, uh, but I have not yet found the time to sit down and watch it. And I, and I hear it's great. Yeah. Well, that's uh, on the Roku channel app, which is not a channel. It is an app and a website, but it's not a channel. Uh, if you've got something we should be able to look out for, please email us cordkillers at gmail.com. Yeah. Don't, don't hit the remote. Don't go to the guide. It's not there. It's a what is a channel anymore? Anyway. Yeah. Wait. But you do go to well, you do use the remote because I got a TCL with the Roku. But not a grid. You yeah, don't you go do, on the you grid. Do use the remote. Well, okay, so I do. You all right? All right but I, yeah, you use you can use the remote, but it's not in your grid. It's not going to be next. So to complicated. These kids these days. You find the Roku channel by looking for the graphic that says Roku channel. Now which not one's the Roku? The channel that is Roku. <laughs> Where's the? I'm looking for the weird man. <laughs> if you got something, we should be on the email, on the lookout for emails. Quickly, did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 I, th- I think yes, the confusion Brian. that we're experiencing, Tom, is that, uh, you know, we need more horsepower on our computers. If the computers are strong it. enough, I feel like they can punch mm-hmm. through the television and pull out the Roku. That's why everybody How needs to go. How would you have enough storage space? How could you ever afford that much SSD in uh, your computer. Okay. It's impossible. Uh, oh, man, I wish I could come up with a clever thing that SSD stood, stood for, but I can't. So I'll tell you how to head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue, R-O-G-U-E. Help support the people who are supporting us. Uh, that's how it Super works. special doghouse is what it stands for. Okay, well, one of us was talking, and the other one got to think of things <laughs> that start with SS and D. <laughs> It's true. Uh, if you want to hear me talking and thinking at the same time, though, uh, you should check out a word podcast, a wordpodcast.com, where I sit down uh, with interesting folks and pick a word to have a fun conversation with them uh, about. I've done it with Brian Brushwood. It was one of the best things I've ever had conversations I've ever had with Brian Brushwood. Uh, and last Thursday, 
I got to sit down with Coach Armstrong from Degrassi. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Michael Kinney uh, came on. He's doing some really great YouTube tutorials, specifically around producing video on the web. He's done educational stuff his entire career. Uh, so we talked about learning. We talked about what it means to learn. And he talked a little bit about being Coach Armstrong and then how that fit in. Uh, but we talked a lot more about like what makes us learn and how do you devise good strategies for being able to teach someone, especially if it, in a one-way medium like YouTube where you're not getting instant uh, feedback from folks. So go check that out. Uh, lots of great episodes on the way as well. Awordpodcast.com. Shall we? Let's move on to the front lines. We shall. Front lines! Ah, last of those quarterly earnings reports uh, trickled in. Disney Plus added 12.1 million subscribers in Q4 for a total of 164 million. And if you combine Disney Plus with Hulu and ESPN Plus, that number rose 14.6 million for a total of 236 million. So depending on how you look at it, Disney has passed Netflix's 223.09 million subscribers. Takes them three different services to do it, so you can decide whether you count that or not. Uh, higher production and tech costs led to an increased loss in money uh, of 0.8 billion last quarter to 1.5 billion this last quarter. Uh, so guess what? They need money. A price rise is coming. Uh, we've talked about it quite a bit on Cord Killers. Uh, there's also the ad-supported tier uh, that Disney uh, is going to roll out as well for Disney Plus, and they think all of that is going to help them reach profitability on Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu in 2024. That that seems about right. Uh, what we're two and a half years into Disney launched uh, during the summer of uh, the beginning of the pandemic, right? Uh, impeccable timing mm -hmm. there. Um, but uh, at this point, the the originals are solid. Uh, that all sounds good. Uh, but uh, speaking of Hulu, Hulu with live TV is adding 14 new channels. The Weather Channel and Comedy TV were already added November 1st. Hallmark Channel and Hallmark Movies and Mysteries are among those added today. And several music channels from Vivo will be added on December 1st. And don't forget that on December 8th, Disney is raising the prices for the bundles that include live TV. Ah, uh, this is fortuitous. I don't know how engineered it was, but to be able to add the channels before the price rise, you know, it's not going to make everybody happy, but at least you feel like, well, I am getting more stuff. Well, and so. and it, it is tempting to sort of decide that this is a masterminded uh, event, and it probably wasn't, but uh, that they, but they continue hurt. to crush. Yep. Nielsen released numbers of estimated viewers for HBO's House of the Dragon and Amazon's Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. 35% uh, of Dragon viewers were between 18 and 34 years old. 42% of Rings viewers were older than 50. Uh, so House of the Dragon skewed young, Rings skewed old. Which, by the way, Roger Chang uh, argues that Rings was his choice because he could watch it with the kids in the room and be distracted and still follow what was going on. Uh, Dragons saw more week-to-week -week rises than Rings, but Rings appears to have had overall higher average weekly viewership. Uh, that may change, though, as we're still waiting on the last two weeks of House of the Dragon numbers to come in. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, the... the Dumbest, most obvious joke popped in my mind, which is, uh, which one of those has attractive topless people <laughs> almost every week? Uh, that makes sense. Uh, Roku. You mean has, the orcs? Uh, you talking about the oh orcs? Oh, God. Do, are they topless? Please don't. Oh, no. Some of them are. I'm very confused. Um, 
Uh, Roku has revised the Sports Hub in Roku OS to focus more on live games. It's also adding rows for specific sports and leagues, as well as a row to highlight free content. It won't highlight all the games, though, only those with cooperating partners, which at launch include Apple TV+, DirecTV+, Fox Sports, Fubo, Paramount+, and more, but does not yet include ESPN. Yeah, this is like Apple TV's tracking of what you watch that doesn't include Netflix. Um, this stuff's all going to be a, a mess until the shakeout is done. And this this part of the shakeout's going to happen later. Is like which platforms are the standards and which ones are going to cooperate with each other and all that sort of thing. But yeah. Well- and, and this is gonna help. it's interesting because this which one does what began with the story of pioneers and now it's ending with holdouts right where now yeah. the, the pioneers are like there's one channel from this thing or that thing on the other service and now it's like well you have all but one channel yeah 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 no that's uh, that's really interesting it was a big deal that roku added a sport you know like espn has an app on roku what you know yeah uh, it's funny how things change. Uh, a few other notes here. AMC is developing a series based on the movie Good Night and Good Luck. Uh, that was about early TV news anchor Edward R. Murrow. Paramount announced that the fourth SpongeBob movie will come to theaters May 23rd, 2025. And Ang Avatar will follow on October 10th, 2025. Paramount Plus released a teaser for its prequel spinoff of Yellowstone called 1923, and it featured appearances by Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. And finally, Studio Ghibli has made a short film for Lucasfilm called Zen, Grogu, and Dust Bunnies, featuring the child from The Mandalorian and hand-drawn by Katsuro Kondo. Uh, These are all fantastic. I'm curious. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm very very curious about how that avatar, uh, on uh, uh, avatar, uh, because of course we're getting ready for what five new avatar movies from James Cameron. Uh, uh, I'll be curious to see how that. Shakes <laughs> oh out. right, right. This is like when they did uh, the Avengers movie, uh, starring Uma Thurman, based on the British series The Avengers. The Avengers, yeah, of course. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, not those Avengers. <laughs> They're avenging something, I'm sure. <laughs> that guy looks kind of green. <laughs> I really like that British series, uh, but it is really confusing when you try to talk about, especially now, to people like, wait, you mean with Captain? No, different thing. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. We have gossip from the other side of the Rio Bravo. Thank you, Dan Campos, uh, for sending this. Uh, He points out uh, that there is a similar Netflix theatrical release strategy for uh, to Glass Onion. We're getting the uh, the Knives Out Glass Onion in theaters for a period of time exclusively, and then it goes away, and then it comes to Netflix in Mexico. El Bardo. False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, uh, directed by Alejandro González Inrito, was released in 500 screens, and the plan was to remain in cinemas before it arrives on the platform December 16th. Netflix is supporting the director and the film in the same way they supported Roma, since Bardo is representing Mexico for Best Foreign Language Film at the category of the Oscars. However, it came with a backlash. Luis Estrada directed Que Viva Mexico, a film produced with Netflix, and got a deal with limited screenings similar to Roma. Estrada decided to buy the rights for theatrical distribution for his film after seeing that Inaruto got a better deal than he did, and he wanted to try his luck. This was announced just one day before its original release in theaters. 
on November 3rd. The film will be released on Netflix eventually, but they haven't announced a date. Now, Dan says, I can understand Estrada's frustration after finding that somebody got a better deal with a similar product. On the other hand, as popular as Estrada might be in Mexico, Inaritu got four Oscars under his belt and has international appeal. Do you think Netflix will bet more on theatrical screenings for films or Glass Onion and El Bardo will be the exceptions. Serendos says they are exceptions, but we know Netflix can change their tune if needed. Do you think there would be a backlash with U.S. filmmakers after seeing some directors are actually getting theatrical releases, and would Netflix be willing to renegotiate in those cases? This is interesting. Just like we talked about local affiliates maybe being the real customer that Peacock is trying to please by adding local, uh, local affiliates on there, it hadn't occurred to me that the theatrical release strategy while I would like it because I want to see stuff in the movie theater, that's good for awards to actually have theatrical releases. Now, all of a sudden, every agent in Hollywood is going to have some director or some writer-director saying, hey, when you talk to Netflix about my original streaming deal, see if you could push for a limited theatrical release because ultimately movies are made by humans and humans sure do like to see their product in a giant theater filled with other humans. Yeah. And, and I, I think Netflix will continue to not want to do any kind of traditional theatrical release, any kind of traditional windowing. They will continue to release uh, as much as they need to, to meet awards obligations. But that middle ground between there is loosening up. And I think you're not going to see, I don't think you're going to see renegotiating deals because that's hard, but I, I do think you're going to see more creative uh, options like what's going on with El Bardo and Glass Onion. Uh, I, I'm curious uh, what other situations they'll they'll come up with. I think the theater owners are a little more willing to to try stuff than they used to. Uh, Perface for Radio says, hey, killers, I'll try to make this as brief as possible. First, two streaming services have already passed beyond the veil. Uh, Fans Choice TV was a free streaming service that was home to motorsports. Uh, it was killed off and most of the content moved to NBC Sports Gold. NBC Sports Gold has also passed beyond the veil. <laughs> most of the sports from Gold have been moved to either Peacock or the motorsports streaming service FlowRacing.com. All the great motorsports content that used to be free is now behind two fracking paywalls. And I can't believe you all forgot the biggest streaming service launch in recent memory. Really, guys? Really? Mother crabbers? How did all of you forget that the Gizmoplex, the new streaming home of MST3K, launched in 2022? I hope that doesn't mean that you all have forgotten about the Turkey Day Marathon as well. Join us, won't you? Perfect face for radio. Uh, yeah, th that's an oversight on our part. Uh, as we all know, Gizmoplex, um, quite possibly the first trillion dollar streaming service. Uh, the facts, we're waiting on the facts to come in on that one. Yeah, no, this is this is good. I, I don't know if it actually meets the definition of, of new streaming services launching uh, because they were kind of vague. They said a million million subscribers, and they said even when we count those with less than streaming a million subscribers. But spiritually speaking, per phase for radio, you're absolutely right. One one must never undervalue nor forget the Gizmoplex, and I apologize on behalf of myself and the entire Cord Killer staff, which is me and Brian and Bryce. <laughs> Tom doesn't speak for me. I was, I was just Tom thinking that same thing. I was, I was like, like, ooh, Bryce doesn't like it when you speak for me. I was like, I'm about to be immediately undermined. Yeah. <laughs>
I like Rough Tracks better. Uh, no. <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for Face for Radio. Thank you for that email. Uh, thanks to everybody who emails us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Our website is cordkillers.com. Uh, don't forget that email address, cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash nightattack. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons. All these wonderful names. I'm sorry. Names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra- they're, they're scratching our itch. Like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, we're fine. We're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, (laughs) goddammit. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)